0: Howdy-ho, neighbor! Welcome back to a tale of two rivals. It's a show with a numbers-loving nerd who's in his desperate attempts to make playoffs versus a trash-talking, know-it-all, reigning Dynasty champion who just goes with his guts. We use our diverse views to come to a consensus to share with you, the listener, and your pursuit for fantasy football glory. I am indeed the winner. Todd FF banterman Foster.
1: Joined by FF underscore spaceman on the tweet machine. Dave Wright. Todd, I love the energy you brought today, man. You got me all pumped up. I mean, I I usually always dance the intro music, but man, you got me all fired up with your intro, man. I'm good to go. Dave, let me
0: tell you, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so um, so yeah it's probably delirious like feelings right now but um i'm stoked to be recording because life has been incredibly busy but yet wonderful so we've missed the last two weeks but um i'm stoked to be back talking a little fancy football with my buddy um oh, actually, I'm sorry. We're, we're not supposed to get along. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm.
1: We, we we do our best with that. But anyway, but yeah, so so, <laughs> so Todd, what what uh, what have you been up to? This what what have you been uh, doing outside of the podcast? What have you been enjoying out there?
0: Um, as a special education teacher, I've hit that paperwork uh, heaven. We'll call it heaven, just to, <laughs> you know, not to dive too deep into that. And I've had a lot of things going on with like you know being a homeowner, being a dad, all that kind of stuff. But the big thing that got added onto it was um, my school is having its first ever year of unified basketball. And uh, I coached at my previous high school. And what unified basketball is, it's a league that was started by the Special Olympics that brings um, individuals with various disabilities to playing with their peers that they typically wouldn't be able to make that varsity team and have that varsity experience. And everybody's allowed to shoot. Everybody's allowed to, like, play defense and all that. Though there's a whole lot of empathy going on in those games, which is great. And the best thing about it is the whole part of the game is just bonding as a team and just coming together and having friendships and making the school community more inclusive, which is so important to me. And my team has just bonded so well in their first year. It's It makes me super proud, man. But today, Dave, today was one for the books for me in my third season of unicide basketball. We had the opponents bury a 30 foot three to win the game and both sides just rejoiced over how (laughs) awesome of a moment it was. That kid just had the moment of his life. He made the whole gym like erupt. He was like like dancing on the court afterwards it was it was pretty cool man oh
1: that is wicked cool that's a special i mean that's you know that's why we do what we do todd for those kind of moments and you i know you put a ton of hard work into it and it's cool to see you know it, even you said that I, we were talking off air that you said that um your whole bench got into it they were cheered as moon happened it wasn't like a orchestrated thing it was just a natural pure sportsmanship moment dude so that sounds pretty cool
0: it was cool man and i think the thing that like when you talk about inclusive athletics for you know individuals with disabilities it's not brain science, man. You know, like like if you played sports in high school or if you played sports at any point in your life and you understand what a team can do for that sense of inclusion, that sense of self-esteem, you know, that confidence. It it's just you just see it growing in those opportunities and it's incredibly important in their teens. So, yeah, I'm I'm proud to do it. it and I I have a lot of fun with it and you better believe they understand that coach foster is better than at basketball when we scrimmage
1: see <laughs> so, yeah. so, well you know you, have, you know teach by you know by example todd you have to show them how to do that you know how to pass through the lane find you know be a ball handler all that stuff you gotta you know yeah show i them got a, vision
0: i got a partner on my team who will probably make the varsity team uh he's a good player I, I had a stutter step around him, and if anybody wants to know, I'm a portly gentleman. And I, uh, I just kind of threw a stutter step around him. And this kid's gonna be a varsity point guard. And I got up and I put in a, put in like a like a little finger roll. His teammates, you know, made a, made some moves. I went walk by him. I'm like, you just got burned by an out of shape older man. And then he came down and hit a three in my face. I'm like, you didn't get by me though. It was you know, it's, it's, it's it's funny, man. It's fun, dude. So, Dave, you've had some pretty cool varsity experiences going on. Why don't you tell the people about that?
1: Yeah, so, Todd, yeah, I've had um, – it's been a pretty special last, I don't know, six six or seven years with uh, one of my students I've been with for a while now. He uh, since He's a senior now, and since seventh grade, he's been doing cross country um, on, on the team all the way back since middle school. And when he was in eighth grade in our high school, eighth grade's in the high school, he ran a 33-minute 5K – Which was still really good for him that was his pr back in eighth grade and then so he just so this year has been really special for him as a senior he made varsity um a couple like uh, on his senior night he made varsity by finishing in i think it was 10th place overall or 11th place overall in the meet which ended up winning the race for our team so that was really special on, on senior night and then um he made he was qualified to be our seventh best runner at um coaches invitational and then our divisional race which was i think two weekends ago now and he had the race of his life and he ran a 2008 5k and he finished something like 105th out of 190 varsity runners in massachusetts um pretty special moment um we had our banquet this week and it it was just really cool to see how much fun he had how proud of himself he was and I mean, he puts in a ton of work. So it was really cool to see him earn his varsity letter, and just the relationships he's had with his team over the last, you know, five years, and and just see them grow, and and like all the friends he's made. So pretty cool times, man, to see, um, you know, him to be able to pull, uh, you know, just become like a, such a strong athlete as a runner. He's faster than me. I can't keep up anymore. So I've been running with him forever, and I can't keep up with him anymore. That's how good. A That's, awesome.
0: Is. That's awesome. That's awesome. And like you got to see that whole relationship and importance like grow over the years, which is it, it's special, man. It makes makes what we do worth it, man. And it's the, awesome. The
1: best. What I love about inclusion too, Todd, is that you know our students, you know the you know the kids who you know who have um, you know special needs or whatever, they have you know they get a lot out of inclusion, obviously. But you know, kid, their peers and people in the regular are in the regular education program they get a lot out of inclusion too because they learn a lot about you know being you know being good friends treating people with respect so it's really good to see how well it is for the whole school community as as a whole so that's what i I really like about that
0: it breaks down stereotypes man and it sets us up to have a better society when they're our age so
1: yeah so all right that's why we've been missing the the podcast recently but i'm ready to get back into fancy football todd how about you
0: I could talk about inclusion all night, just for the yes. record. But yeah, but but let's uh let let's do fantasy football. I'm pretty sure that's why people tuned in. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we're gonna jump into some backfields. Dave, you want to set us up
1: for that? Yeah. So, a lot by now, a lot of trade deadlines have passed. So there's not a lot of you know a lot we can talk about buying or selling or anything like that. But as we get to this point in the season, we're hitting week 12 coming up um, this week this is when you hear the stereotypical league winning running backs where people pick people where players and managers pick running backs off the waiver wire and they ride them to fantasy championships. Um, Or, and so this is, this is a big part of the season to start identifying which backfields, you know, has some turmoil and just, just, you know, try to identify that to give our listeners a, a, a little bit of an edge going forward, Todd. And there's quite a few backfields that are interesting right now. Um, any backfield in particular, Todd? You want to start off with, or or what?
0: Um, I think I want to start off with what I would consider the biggest mess. Okay. Which to me would be Arizona.
1: Oh, we 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 love talking about Arizona.
0: I, they're just like they're like a fantasy darling. Like they're not like. It's not a team that like from an NFL perspective that I'm like, ooh, I take this team like very seriously. Right now, I think they're a, bu- a building team and they're going to be a competitive team in the future, but they're just like made for fantasy football. And they're made for fantasy football stress. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. It's, uh... it's like you got you got like the rookie volatile quarterback. You got Christian Kirk who like should be like a top twenty wide receiver and like some weeks he's like top who's like like the fiftieth. And then some weeks he's like five and it's – then you've got, the, oh my God, the, that running back situation so is just. Perfect
1: segue. It's there, just Todd. madding. Perfect maddening. segue. Um, so. so why don't we start off with who I think we would argue, we would think would be the best running back in this backfield, would be David Johnson. And I just want to look at, so his last three games going back, you know, so he's played in three games since week seven. In those three games, Todd, he's had six rush attempts for a total of four yards and one target for one yard. And he's only played about 30% of the snaps in the last three games. And where he only, I think he only played six snaps yesterday against San Francisco. Um, what Todd, what owners of David Johnson, they must be uh, going crazy right now. Any thoughts on David Johnson? I, uh, I
0: see, this I see means... that
1: sigh is all you need to say about David Johnson. I, I felt everything you're about to say now that sigh. This is just how I feel about
0: David Johnson in general I, I feel like he had that once he broke out and he was a guy that people considered to be at one point like the top like like fantasy
1: player right what he was considered the first overall player in some in some places for dynasty
0: and and now like you're you know what was that like two three years ago whatever yeah. but now you're looking at it now and you're looking at him like what's his role? Like you're not talking about him as a bell cow anymore. You're like, what's his role in this team? And it's like, is Drake ahead of him? Like, what's Edmonds is back in the fold? Like, what does that look like? It's just crowded. Like he's a guy that like you thought was just gonna dominate anybody who came in with that with that town and overtake it. And he's not that guy. Like he's like he was not somebody. Like I looked at trading for him in multiple leagues. In at least three weeks. And every time I put him in a trade, I stopped putting the trade together. Because I just couldn't, like, what the price is for David Johnson versus what you can predictably see from his production is not worth it. You know? So, if I'm a dynasty owner, and I'm in an a league that doesn't have a trade deadline, or if I'm in the offseason, I'm moving that guy, and I'm talking him up, and talking about that budding offense... Because I don't think he's the same player.
1: You try I'm trying to say, look, he's coming back from injury. Like they're just trying to like if you I'm gonna quote um Cliff Kingsbury, because in the press conference after the game he said this wasn't about David Johnson really. We just wanted to ride the hot hand of yep. Kenyon Drake. That was I mean, that's coach speak, in my opinion, at that point. I think oh, he's just 100%. trying to defer towards the veteran. But and, there's and, something going on with David Johnson.
0: And I don't want to speak to the fact that I think David Johnson's washed up. That's not my point. Yeah. I'm saying he's he's a part of a committee now. That's what I'm saying. And, I mean, catching the ball, he looks like he should just move to, like, a slot. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, just make him a wide receiver and put him in the slot for now on. Because, i take him like,
1: over Farrell Cooper, personally. but
0: I, Sure, absolutely. But my point is is that, like, like, when I talk about David Johnson, I'm talking about him catching the ball out of the slot now. You know what I mean? It's not the same guy. Like, to me... It's just maddening. If I owned David Johnson right now, I, I would just be – I'd be pissed. So, <laughs> so, all right. I saw
1: yeah. Matt Williams on Twitter, Todd. He, he I think he's a co-owner uh, over at FF Statistics and he does mm-hmm. the FF Mercs. He's a, he's a good guy. I've interacted with a bunch. He had this poll that he said, would you tr- – a dynasty poll. Second, third, or fourth rounder or like – for david johnson and i think a third rounder was the highest in the poll now i disagree with that high i don't think that's ridiculous yeah that is ridiculous but that, that, that is at that, that, is at that point at, todd that's where we're at you
0: know what at that point you would just say um hold please yeah. that's it you, so the question
1: like, is todd would you trade a first rounder a late first rounder for david johnson no no you wouldn't and that's that's the shocking thing no. Shock. That's shocking to me. I wouldn't either. I don't think I would either.
0: If he left and went somewhere else, yeah, I would consider it. I'm
1: not sure if his contract allows that this year, which is the I'm not but sure. That's, but that's but
0: that's my point, is that like I can't tell you exactly what his situation is. And the other problem with David Johnson and that team is, is that it's not the fact that like he's necessarily getting worse to a degree, it's the fact that He's just with a lot of other talented backs. Kenyon Drake's a good back.
1: So why, Chase why, why, Edmonds I, is a yeah, good back. That's the, that's the crazy part, Todd. The,
0: yeah. So, like, to me, it's not like, if you ask me why I would do that, because I don't know what's going on in that situation, you know? It's not worth the risk. Where When you ask me for, like, a late first-round pick, 20, okay, if you ask me to do a, a late first for 2020, No. But if I'm a contender and I see myself making playoffs in 2021, I'll say yes.
1: So you do a late 2021?
0: Yep, I, I'll, I'll give okay. you that. I'll give you that future payoff all day. I'm contending. I'm taking David Johnson on for a 2021 first. Um, I'm confident I'm going to still be a playoff team at that point. But it's this class, you know, yeah. like like I'm not going to pass up like Cam Akers possibly, in, that's, in a nice that's situation. A thing. Who has like less wear and tear than David Johnson? Obviously, you know, like it's dynasty, man. Like it, to me, it, it's not the fact I don't think he's worth it. I don't think it's worth the risk. Yeah. you know. Wait,
1: so I'm not trading a top. I'm not trading like I. I would trade a mid two thousand or mid 2022. I'm not trading an early 2022 him either. That's that's where I'm at. And people are gonna be probably think I'm crazy, but especially. I mean, may all right. So here's the thing. Maybe if I may rebuild and I want to spend like, Oh, I'll throw a sec, a 20, like a, like a two Oh three for like, I think I'm going to finish mm-hmm. like with a two Oh three for next year. Maybe I'll, I'll throw that towards him just as, you know, because that he could hit some, that could be a huge dividend and really speed up your rebuild quickly. Um, right. But I just hate saying, I just really have really enjoyed David Johnson as a, a player. I really like him off the field. I like his work ethic. I really liked his watching him play. And I don't think that it's over for him this season. I think there's still some. I'm still holding out a little hope. That's injury concern, and you know, he, but it's I can't. I'm, when I'm playing him, I'm not playing him with confidence. I'm not playing him as RB two. It's going to be pure flex at this point. I'd have to say. It when he, I when I do play with him, I'm not playing with him. I'm not. I'm, I'm if I have to, maybe I'll play him as a while well, he's on bye this week. So it doesn't matter. But maybe. Week thirteen, I'll I'll play him at flex if I had to, but I right. I'd try to look for a different option personally at this point. Right until, until I see something different, and then but then it gets to the fancy playoffs. Am I going to depend on David Johnson in the playoffs?
0: Yeah, exactly, and that and that's kind of what I'm saying. It also like right now he's making I like, think about five point five and a half mil rate this year, and his contract doubles. You yeah, know, it,
1: well that's because he has the, and there's a lot of guarantee That's not like it's not. Yeah, there's a lot of guarantee in that.
0: Oh, he he's a Cardinals running back. I would not be surprised if you see in the offseason Chase Edmonds gets traded.
1: That'd be interesting. I haven't heard that. Um I no, I wouldn't well, do that if I was I was them because he's a fourth round. That's a cheap contract. That's and you've already already seen how much you need that depth if I was the Cardinals, so
0: Well, I also think you can also get like cheap vets and all that and you already yeah. don't del- put all this money into Johnson. But the other – well, actually, you know what? I take that back because Edmund hasn't been healthy enough to prove his value in the trade. Yeah. So I take that back. And Edmunds had been playing this whole time. I could see that because I'm just saying, like, he's such a good chip and be able to get, like, you know, picks and move up in the draft and all that kind of stuff. And Well,
1: Kenyon Drake, what, was it – did they get a fifth for Kenyon Drake or was it a seventh yeah. rounder or something? I can't even remember I think it was a fifth.
0: Some, so, um, yeah. But, yeah, but anyways, I, I – yeah, David Johnson and, like – and it's kind of weird. Like, so, something about me kind of, like, is higher in Edmunds than Johnson. Because of just the fact that, like, David Johnson has been a grinder for so long. You know what I mean? And it seems to have, like, caught up to him to a certain degree. And I know Edmonds has been hurt, but he still doesn't have the same wear and tears David Johnson does. You know? And that's something that I actually consider in running backs.
1: Yeah. so I mean, the thing is, though, David Johnson's dealt with, like, some hand injuries. He was an yep. older prospect. He was a wide receiver, I think, at one point in, co- it, like, in his developmental process. Yeah. I don't think he took a lot of beating. I just, I actually heard a lot of people saying, like, oh, you should be feel confident with David Johnson's health because he hasn't done the wear and tear of the normal running backs because he does a lot of catching out of the backfield instead of just running up the middle all yeah. the time. That being said, why, we should look at Kenyon Drake now, Todd, in the backfield. We haven't really – we've mentioned him briefly, but in the three games since he was traded to Arizona, he's had 41 attempts and he's had – I think it says 212 yards. I think it's 112 yards. Yeah, 112 mm-hmm. yards. Maybe it was two. No, I think it's 212 yards for 5.17 yards uh, yards per carry. And he's had 16 catches on 18 targets for 71 yards, and he has um, one total TD. And he's played 79 percent of the snaps. Todd, that's that's like Kenyon. People who are Kenyon Drake truthers, this is people who are saying, "Oh, I hope he gets traded. I hope he gets traded." This is exactly what they were hoping for. They, this is what they were their their dreams have been answered.
0: Kenyon Drake's the RB one on that team right now that that's the answer he is the rb1 you know i can't and, believe it
1: happened i can't believe this is happening i think this right is, this doesn't happen i feel like
0: like like i i i'm a truther with kenyan drake i don't think i'm a hardcore truther i'm that guy i'm like this guy's talented he can catch the ball out of the backfield he's fast like he he can find a role in any football team and he'll play you know I'm not looking for him to be that guy getting 79% of the snaps, but there he is doing it, you know? Like, that's exceeding my expectation. That's
1: bell cow. That's that's with the amount of targets and attempts. That's bell cow. He's doing both, running and receiving. He's what we thought David Johnson was supposed to be.
0: (laughs) I I death gripped him at the bottom of my bench in so many leagues. And when that tray went off, I was, like, so upset. I'm like, oh, a crowded backfield, and he's emerging from it. It's crazy. I mean, I'm not... I'm not crazy surprised, but it's because of like you know you're looking at a guy that was like a top five talent, and then a guy that you and me were extremely high on, you know, yep. in Edmonds, and now Drake's beating both of them out. So
1: I would say, it, Todd, after the buy, it that that. It might get really interesting if they're trying to do some kind of three. Are they going to just have Kenyon continue being the bell cow? Or are they going to give more carries to Edmonds? Is David Johnson going to get some kind of role? It, he seems to be the lead back, but it doesn't seem stable yet. You know, I, I want to see how it shifts. All right, Dave, um, it, it
0: boils down to one thing. Are you ready for this? I'm going to yep. tell you what the answer is. Nobody knows.
1: Nobody. Yeah, exactly. Yep. There's
0: There's no way of knowing this. It is an absolute mess. Yep. You know, so to me, it's kind of like, Oh, I don't want nothing to do with an Arizona running back right now, and it pains me because I love all three of them.
1: I think it, I I would I'd be I'm okay with flexing Kenyon Drake at this point. Like I'm for sure flexing Kenyon Drake when they come out of their bye.
0: Oh, I I am too, but I'm saying like if you're asking me, but here's the thing: like when they come out of their bye where they're not sure about the situation, we're talking about playoffs, Dave. Okay,
1: yeah, it's the week before the playoffs. So that yeah, way, right. Not
0: a practice, playoffs. All right. So the big thing about that is is like. Now you're trying to tell me I have to be sure about Kenyon Drake as my flex as, like, going in the playoffs. I can't be confident with that move because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen with those other two guys. Like, Edmonds is going to get back in the mix, too. And, like, we did a 40-minute episode because of how much we love his situation, too. It, so people I, mean, should be,
1: I People should be adding Edmonds. He's probably on a lot of waiver wires at this point. I would have him. Yeah. I would be adding Chase Edmonds
0: if you have an ir and uh, he absolutely should be on it right now because a lot of irs you can put the out down for it you know so um yeah but yeah, it, it, no, there's no
1: yeah. there's no nothing saying that Kenyon drake can even withstand this this carry load todd he could yeah you know who knows it, 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 like you said we don't know yeah but we, I think we, we spent get, enough time here on yeah. Arizona at this point
0: so to sum it up it's frustrating that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I make
1: sure that all of those, I think all those players should be on rosters though.
0: They sure. all should be on rosters and enjoy your headaches. Yeah. Have plenty of ibuprofen nearby. So you could the forward. Oh, right. okay. I'm picking an, I'm picking the next team. Cause I'm all okay. hot and bothered. Oh God. We have to start, about the Cardinals, that's all right. Hey, I got it. Let's talk about one that really is just a crap shoot. Let's talk about the lions.
1: I, I don't th- I, all right. I'll talk about the lions.
0: Start it off, David.
1: All right, so I think up until last week, nothing has mattered in the Lions' backfield because I think Bo Scarborough being added, um, was being activated and started, throws everything that's happened before this week out, out the window. So yep. I'm just going to give you the week 11 snap shares. So Bar- Scar- Bar- Bo, Scar- Bo Scarborough had 32 snaps for 49%, and he had 14 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. Um, Ty Johnson whos is coming off of that concussion um, had 19 snaps for 20 I can't remember 25 percent of the snap share but he had two attempts for six yards and one target for one yard so he was basically non-existent and then JD mckissick had 15 snaps for 23 um, percent of the 23 sh- percent uh, of the snap share and three carries for 13 yards and four cat four targets for three yards or th- uh, let me try that again four targets for three yards or three receptions and and 40 yards receiving so jd mckissick was really out operating as the um the receiving back there and i think i read somewhere that he went out with an injury for a little bit there and then came back but so he might have seen even more there if he hadn't have come off the field there for a bit um so that's really what what uh how they were used in week 11 todd and yeah what what are your thoughts on that todd is that another we don't know or or what are you doing here I'm in on
0: Bo. Yeah. I'm did. in on Bo. I've been big on Bo. Like, when, when Bo got drafted by the Cowboys, and I said that if for whatever reason, if Zeke ever went down, that was a guy I was confident in that could be an RB2.
1: Zeke went down, he had the suspension worries. So, yep. but yeah, people I, was,
0: were... I was very, very confident in him. And now he's in a situation where the competition's not stiff, which is call what it is. That is a very open situation. He is a very good back. And if anybody is listening to this in our league, I'm getting Bo Scarborough.
1: <laughs> I think you you're doing Max bid, huh?
0: I mean, yeah <laughs> only only one person can beat me and he's welcome to spend all that money that he's traded for from you. you know what I mean so <laughs> that was yeah. during
1: the draft last year Todd that was that's that's ridiculous but
0: I, I all I'm saying well the other thing too is if I pick up Bo like he ends up being like my r b six. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, if I'm looking at Bo Scarborough right now as my RB6 heading in the playoffs, I'm pretty excited about my depth right now, you know? Yep. So, I mean, um, yeah. So, anyways, I mean, you're looking at a situation that's wide open. He's clearly was productive in that situation. He's earned the respect to be able to go back out there. And now, if he does get the chance to carry the ball, he's going up against Washington, man. You know? Now, yeah. I'm not saying that Washington's a walk in the park, necessarily, but they're not... You know, they're not exactly a dominant defense. He could easily produce against that team.
1: And I feel like the Lions, if they get out and ha- ahead, they they like to. Well, they they have no problem giving you know Bo Scarbo the the uh, grind, the clock down carries or whatever. Yeah. So
0: and he is the grinder. Yeah. Like that's it. Like he's he's the only guy that's proven that he can be that. He's the only guy you can prove that he can be a first two down back. You know, yeah. so and like like the Ty Johnson hype's over. And I actually really like J.D. McKissick. The only problem with J.D. McKissick is I don't really trust that offense to use him right. You know? So, as a deep ad in, like, deeper rosters, I like McKissick. I have him on one of my Dynasty team that's a 40-man roster. But, you know, I, I, Bo Beau is... Bo's legit.
1: So, first off, Todd, I have to do a shout-out to Kyle uh, Labreck from the Dynasty Dummies, at K on Twitter. He is... So he was the biggest Bo Scarborough fan in the world when he was coming out, Todd. He was pounding the table for Bo Scarborough and just as someone who has gone to the wall for several players over over the years, and to watch his reaction to the fall of Bo Scarborough and to continue to say that he was a Bo Scarborough truther, I think as early as week one or two this year he was talking about Bo Scarborough, when he... I'm, and, you know, so shout out to Kyle. I hope he really enjoyed I, when I The first thing I saw when I saw that stat line, I thought about Kyle, and I was like, man, the good one for him. I'm, ha- I'm happy for him because it's, there, it's, it says a lot when you, you, you're a truthful guy and he actually comes through with the opportunity. And it's about opportunity for these running backs, Todd. You know, we can talk about their skill all they want, but if they're getting the opportunity and they're doing something with it, that's, that's what happens. And, and Bo Scarborough got his opportunity. So to, I'm going to go back a little bit. He, Bo Scarborough is a 228-pound monster, Todd. He ran a four-five-two at that weight, which is like ninety-first percentile speed square. It's ridiculous, and I mean, his BMI isn't that great because he's like he's actually a little bit taller. He's got forty-six percentile BMI, so he can. That's still that's still decent. So he can carry the the rock, and Alabama Todd. He had, he had like a six percent target share. He he could do some. He's not really a route runner, but he can handle the dump offs. He can handle the speeds. Yep. yep. I'm not. I don't think the Lions are going to use him like that because they have J D. McKissick and Ty, Ty Johnson, but it's it's somewhere in his repertoire so i'm i'm all you know i'm all steamed ahead for bo scarborough i think he's a priority ad this week he's probably my number one priority ad this week for redraft um what about in dynasty dave in dynasty yeah yeah i i think he's i if i was in a league i'm not in a league with with um kyle but i'm sure that he'd be rostering kyle's teams but uh besides besides that yeah todd he's you're in a league with me dave you're gonna get him no, I'm not going to get them. So, Oh, got, did you spend I, all your money, Dave? I spent I gave it all away. I gave, you gave it all, it away, all away.
0: And I have um, the second most this Yeah, is but great. so bar- I think Sorry, I had exciting. to gloat for a second. I'm really excited about saving my pennies. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, it's tough to do on these deep these deep teams because I like to spend mine all in the uh, the preseason where I try to make a lot of speculative ads in the preseason, but this is that you know, this is the the pros of saving, but uh All right. I think that you. Anything else to say about Detroit, Todd? Or no, we have talked about Detroit more than probably anybody else has on the
0: podcast this year.
1: Yeah. So I guess next team. I think it's worth talking about the Colts, Todd. What about you? Going? Oh, absolutely. Marlon Mack got his hand broken um, yesterday. So what? What do you you want me to lead off? You want to lead off here?
0: Why don't you lead it off for us, David?
1: All right, I'm just going to just give you a quick snapshot of what's been happening so far. Um, for the season, not, I'll start with Naheem Hines, because he was a lot of people's zero RB darlings for the last two years.
0: Yep, 100%. Um,
1: so just looking at the season, he's had no more than four rush attempts in a single game throughout the entire year. He has, um, he, has But he has been used a lot in the passing game. He has 40 targets, and he has 30 receptions on those targets, um, which roughly he's had about four targets per game. And he's had about, uh, on average, 25% of the snap share this season. And thirty-five percent of the snap share yesterday when, um, at, you know, with Marlon Mack departing. So, not departing. That's kind of harsh. Uh, <laughs> leaving due to injury. But um, so I, I still they they're still not and they didn't get that many carry. He, they're not going to. I think they firmly believe Naheem Hines is a one-dimensional player, Todd. And I hate to say it because I thought he w- he's more than that coming out. And I think you I think you were high on him too, Todd. weren't you?
0: I was very high on him.
1: Um, but I think that's how um, the Colts really view him. So and then comes in Jonathan Williams, who's only appeared in three games and, and I think one of the game was on special teams. So, but in the last two games, he's had 15 attempts for 117 yards at basically 7.8 yards per carry. And then he's had um, and one target for 31 yards yesterday. And a quick little snippet: I, I was listening to a press conference, I guess. When Jonathan Williams got that target, it was a mistake. It was an error in communication because it was supposed to be someone else in there. And Jonathan Williams had never practiced that play or anything, but he knew what to do when he got that, and he went off for that thirty-one yard catch. So that was kind of cool. But yep, that um, that happened. But it, where, so, what are your thoughts? What, what are you? Do you care about either one of these players in redraft or dynasty? Um, no.
0: Uh, so I so with Wilkins coming back too. Oh,
1: Jordan Wilkins? I even forgot Jordan, that he was on that Jordan team. Jordan Wilkins
0: is actually the guy I think that's the guy who's probably going to lead the backfield in touches. You know, I, for,
1: I even forgot I forgot that yeah. he's on that team,
0: Todd. Yep, so Wilkins, I think, is going to be the guy that's going to lead in touches in the early part. I think Jonathan Williams is going to be splitting those pieces. And then you saw if Hines still functioning as that catching back. I'm not really high on any of them, whether it be uh, redraft or that. I don't think they have a particularly good schedule. Given who they have. Um, I also think that the pass attack is I think Brissett's been very good this year, and anybody's listening to the show is no that I'm high on Brissett as like a streamer and the all for that. injuries too. Yeah, and I and, and I like him. I, I, I think I like Brissett more as a real life game manager than as a fantasy quarterback, and I even like him in fantasy. But from that running back standpoint is I, I just am not high on any of them. You know, and the thing about Jonathan Williams too is, is that you've seen him being able to play in other teams. Uh, was he? He was on Buffalo and he played a few games there, he right? St-
1: I think he was started with Buffalo. And then he, he started with Buffalo. He, had, he a had a couple
0: of good games there, but um, yeah. At, if I had to pick one of those backs that I'd be highest on, it'd probably be Wilkins. You know, because I honestly think that that's a guy that's been in the system. He's a guy that um, I think that would be the first was the spell to uh, Mac. You know, you thought it was going to be Hines, but Hines turned out to be that specialist that, you know... You thought that, like... I think people wanted to look at Hines as, like, Tariq Cohen. You know what I mean? And, like, even Tariq Cohen's a giant disappointment, so... He had a decent... uh, I
1: think he had a good PPR week last week, but... No, he
0: did. He absolutely did, but I'm talking like from, like, over a whole season. Yeah, I know. But, um... And, like, if... If David Montgomery went down, you could see Tariq Cohen just sliding into more touches and being that guy. It doesn't look like Hines is that kind of a player, you know? So, I would say Hines is not really rosterable. I mean, I could say that if you're in a deep dynasty league, he's, he's still a great stat. Yeah, he's,
1: he's a, I think he's rosterable in PPR leagues, for sure. Uh, um, I, I also think in PPR leagues, I don't think he's getting enough, getting enough burn. Like, so when they were when they were losing to Miami, I think did they actually lose that game to Miami? I yeah. I think they did, right? When they were losing to Miami, he actually saw forty three percent of the snaps that game. And they when that's the thing, if Colts are in a very down like a bad game script, that's when to use it. But the Colts, the thing the way they play they've been playing defense and the way they've been controlling the ball, they're not in a ton of games where they're down by a lot. Yeah. So it's tough to see them being in too many game scripts yeah. where they're they have. He was kind of going to get that fifty percent target sh- or snap share.
0: I mean, Hines has only had over four targets in three games this year. Yeah.
1: Oh no. Yeah, yeah. That's true. It's true.
0: Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, I'm not really high on anybody out of that backfield, but if I, you know, if I really have to go take a stab at somebody, I'll take a stab on Wilkins. I
1: I think Jordan Wilkins should be rostered in a deep dynasty leagues. I don't think Jonathan Williams is rostered on many teams. Wouldn't yeah.
0: You I I I think Williams is rosterable if. You're contending and you're looking to put some depth in for a guy who's going to play. I don't like his schedule. It's kind of like if you're picking him up, like, I hope that he's, like, that fifth running back on your bench and, like, you don't have to use him, you
1: know? You're, you're picking him up because no other player on a lot of these Deep Dynasty, te- these deep dynasty waiver wires, there, nobody else is even, like, is, a lot of them aren't even on even ro- on rosters. So if right. Jonathan Williams is on a roster and get, might have an opportunity, he's worth that. that ad. But he, you're probably not going to depend on him at all. Right. So I think that's enough to say about the Colts, though. Yep. Um, and that, I guess let's talk about Miami, Todd. Let's talk another dumpster fire here. You know, really <laughs> exciting, something exciting to talk about. Um, and oh, your boy, my Kalen God. Balazs, you're, I think you're a big Kalen Balazs shooter, right? Not anymore. Not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I, was, I was definitely wrong about
0: that one, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was saying to you, like, when I traded Drake and Balage this year, um, I was pretty excited that uh, they ended up not working out like I thought they would, because I was upset about having to move them. I'm trying to find that trade really quick while I'm thinking of it. So, well, uh, while you're,
1: while you're think, trying to find that trade, Todd, I just remember, so before we started releasing this podcast to anyone, like, to, you know, just everywhere, we used to just do one for our league and we post on the message board. We had a pretty long debate about Kalen Balaj coming out, if you remember correctly, and I was anti-Kalen Balaj to a T. So this is now. Fe- now no, I don't like to root against players, but it just feels a little. It just shows you that sometimes it's not all about all about athletic, like the metric, the measurables, and the you know athletic testing. It, you actually have to, like to be good at this sport. Um, it you have to at least be passable as an NFL running back when when you get the opportunity in. And Kalen Balaj has not been passable.
0: So. Right. So, um, first of all, if you'd like to start talking about the guys we've been right or wrong about, would you like to open that can of worms, there, David?
1: Hey, Todd, I'm just I'm just t- looking at the show sheet. <laughs> We're talking about Miami Dolphins, and I had to. I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to filibuster right. here to let you look up that trade.
0: So. All right, I, excellent filibuster. I found it. So here's what my trade was. All right, I gave up Mike Williams. Okay, first of all, let me tell you, oh, I made gosh, this trade on August 9th.
1: It was a steal. All
0: right. Mike Williams, Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balaj. Right? All oh hyped, 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 hyped preseason guys, right? <sighs> I got Chris Carson, Mike Davis, Adam Humphreys, depth guys, and a 2021 from the guy who's in last place in our league. Yeah.
1: Who got a win this week, actually. So, um.
0: I actually like his team for the long haul if he continues but, to just keep working. But, um,. Yeah, so I that was a hard trade for me when that happened cuz I was really high on one of those guys in Miami emerging and I had them both and it looked like it was a good move to get rid of both of them. So, um but yeah, when it comes to Belache like he looked, he did not look good. You know, like like that touchdown saved him. Um I don't think like once Walton comes back from suspension, I actually liked Mark Walton in college. I think he's got good talent. I don't think that he's got enough to have proven to be considered a starter going to next year. Uh, I could see Mark Walton being the starting running back on that team next year if they Ugh. don't – well, I mean, it's Miami, man. They got a lot of needs. Yeah. They got a lot of well, needs. Lot.
1: You're right. No, you're right.
0: Just... It, it, it It's kind of like they could go out and find vet running backs and just punt, like, running back this year, like – they got a lot of holes to fill, man, and it might not Frank be a running Gore. back can this year. I could see Frank
1: Gore being back there for some weird reason.
0: <laughs> I would love Frank Gore to be back. And I hope he just wears, like, a Miami, like, wears-versus-Miami helmet the whole oh, time. And the NFL is like, it's fine, you're Frank Gore, you're grandfathered into everything now. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, but it's it's a situation to avoid, for sure. Pretty actually, you know what? Now that Preston Williams is showing uh, on the IR... The entire Dolphins team is a situation to avoid.
1: Yeah, there's not a player that I. I oh, I mean, no. You, uh, I got,
0: I got one. I got one. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. I like Fitzpatrick for like, for like, for like a deep like third QB for like super flex. Because the one thing I can say about the Dolphins is their schedule is garbage.
1: The problem is, Todd. I don't think Fitzpatrick lands a starting job next year.
0: Oh, pfft, Dave, that's a rental for me, baby. Yeah. Like, uh, like he will not be on my team after after this year. I gave up yeah. like a late third for him. Oh, no, no, I, no, no!
1: I'm not criticizing your thing. Yeah. I'm just thinking long. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking. Long oh, long no, long no. Thought, no. I, I, were, I thought we were talking. Long I know
0: long. I wasn't being criticized. I oh. was just saying to you that I'm not whatsoever thinking that Fitzpatrick gives me a starting quarterback next year. But um, yeah, no. I mean, if I if I had to, if I'm in Dynasty right now, I. And, and, I, and I'm still on a trade-in line, I'll just kind of kick the tire with, like, a fourth for, like, Mark Walton and see if somebody takes it.
1: Yeah. Because
0: there's, there's a reality that he's a starting running back for the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I guess. Now, I,
0: I used that narrative to move back in the third and use Walton, and I got Kenny Stills, who was, like, a good depth piece for me, and he ends up being, like, my seventh wide... And we start five wide, so that's yeah. that that's a good spot for me. You know? And and when that trade got done, like me and that manager were like, this is a good trade for both of us because he's a bit of a rebuild, you know? Yeah. So I mean if if I'm in dynasty, I think Mark Walton's worth a stash if you got a spot. And if you're in redraft and you are running back desperate. Balaj is worth a pickup just based off of volume, but I
1: 64 attempts for Belash Todd at this season for one hundred and twenty two yards.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, trust me, he's garbage. Tar- twenty
1: two he is hot
0: garbage. But oh, my prob- but my but my thing about it is is like opportunity is the path to points, my friend, and he's gonna have plenty of that still because you know why nobody else is there.
1: Yeah, so. Todd, a guy has was been active the last two weeks. I'm actually if I'm doing anything in Dynasty, it's at, I'm adding Miles Gaskin to be honest, believe it or not.
0: Uh yeah, okay. I, just just I, as
1: I, a de- the same, I don't. I mean, this is a guy where if I want someone comes up, I'm dropping him no problem, and I'm dropping him in the off season probably. But this is just a oh, maybe he maybe they finally just bench Belage and see if Gaskin has anything first. You know, Gaskin had one one run. Yeah. One yard for one run for zero yards and two targets for nothing. I'm just saying he, he has a 94th percentile, um, college target. Or no, that's, I'm just looking at Patrick Laird, but miles Gaskin just had really good. He was, had a really good college dominator. He had like 33% of his college, um, rushing, um, yards and NTDs. And, and he's, you know, a decent, he'd be, he's a smaller back but he's got a decent BMI because he's short. So it's a seventh round pick by them this year. he, I don't know. He just worth. He's just a worth. He's worth. If I'm just, I uh, have a spot open. I'm. I'm adding Miles Gaskin. I don't think he's going right. to do anything. I'd rather. Ha- I. I just. I. I. I trade away Campbellage two weeks ago for a third round pick, and I'm happy about it. So. Mhm. But yeah. I think we we got a. I think we got what two more backfields, Todd, to get to.
0: We just talked about the Dolphins and we didn't mention two o once. Oh, we can't even talk about two oh, anymore. Two-oh.
1: Oh, gosh, that's really sad.
0: That's terrible. Um. Anyways. Um. Too soon. I. Yeah. You know what? Before we go in the backfield, like, I, I want to, I want to take a break and just ask you a question.
1: Okay. Is Mixon back? Mixon, Nick. I, I have some stuff that I think he's back, Todd. I'm really happy that I uh, have stayed with him and didn't trade him away. Um. I think he's back. What about you? No. <laughs> I mean, well, all right. Me when I mean when I mean back, Todd, I think I'm not okay. Okay, he scored a touchdown by week eleven. Alright, baby. His all right. whole family was there. <laughs> Todd. Alright, I'm gonna weave I'm gonna weave around a narrative here for Joe Mixon. He's had four absolute dud weeks. Four absolute duds, and in those weeks he's had thirty-five attempts for thirty-nine yards. That is horrendous in those four games. He's had thirteen targets for eight receptions and one total touchdown in those games. In those four games but in the six other games he's actually been okay 111 attempts for 481 yards 4.3 yards per carry 18 tar- targets for rece- 14 receptions for 145 yards and two total touchdowns and then the last three games todd in particular his last three games he's had 15.7 fancy points 19.1 fancy points and 16.8 fancy points against not easy competition against some harder run defenses so as far as where we thought Joe Mixon was, after all that offensive line has been decimated, after that QB play has been bad, no AJ Green, Joe Mixon might be able to salvage something for people who are counting on him. That's all I'm saying. He's salvageable. He's startable at least.
0: Yeah, I guess. He's he still sucks, and so do the Bengals.
1: I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, okay, here's the thing. I I, I think he's definitely uh, off season. I'm I'm trying to tra- I'm trying I'm trading away late twenty twenty. I'm, late, I'm trading away late 2021 for him, no problem. I, I think he's a trade. He you think he, he's a buy low target for sure, because that offensive line is gonna be a lot better. Wait, you know, wait, wait, maybe they're gonna trade away a late
0: 2021 for Mixon. Or Joe Mixon.
1: Well, I can't gnarly because I have Joe Mixon, but um, yeah, I 100 percent will. I think he's a great buy low target. Joe Mixon, they're gonna that offensive line's gonna be better. They're gonna have Joe Burrow as a quarterback probably. Um, I'm taking Joe Mixon 100.
0: All All right, man. I, I mean, I like to see the line improvement because I've been waiting for that line improvement for quite a while now. Jonah,
1: I think his name's Jonah Williams coming back. I'd love to see them draft another player at line. Um, yeah, the Jonah Williams piece,
0: like, not, like, him being down, like, like, before he even played a game, that cannot be forgotten, yeah. you know?
1: And A.J. Green opens – I mean, who knows if A.J. Green's going to be on that team next year, but the idea I is – I hope not. John Ross is back, right? So, it's just – Tyler Boyd, John
0: Ross, he'll play four games and he'll yeah, be out of the league. Just
1: the point is, is, I don't, I think Joe Mixon, I am happy that I'm actually happy that I've stayed with him and didn't trade him away for cheap. Um, so I'm, I, I'm happy about Joe Mixon. I don't, and I think um, he's a decent RB two going for down the stretch flex, RB two flex. He's he's startable.
0: I'm thrilled I traded him in two weeks. So, so all right, all that's right. all I have to say about Joe Mixon. All right, Dave. All right. Which which AFC team we focusing on next?
1: Um, Cleveland Browns. I think this is kind of interesting here. Um, Kareem Hunt, Todd. What what is your thought? So Kareem Hunt's the two games he's been back. He's had ten attempts for forty two yards. Nothing really to write home about. But he's had seventeen targets for thirteen receptions and ninety yards. And he's played fifty five percent of the snaps. What do you th- What are you doing with Kareem Hunt? Are you is he flexible at this point for you in PPR? All right, so yeah i say he's flexible i mean
0: definitely like i still think chubb's still an rb1 high rb2 range you know with hunt back i think with with hunt is like the thing that's nice about hunt is for for chubb owners is he offers a different dimension than chubb does like i see him more getting out of the backfield and catching the ball what actually worries me about hunt is for anybody who's an obj owner really holding on to that because I think that Hunt's going to more type uh, into that target share than more than the carries piece, you know? Mm-hmm. So I absolutely think that Hunt, and let's also be honest, is that Hunt was a guy that we're looking at to be a top three pick in the draft just a couple years ago, you know? Yeah. So he's a phenomenal talent. He's definitely somebody to kick the tires on with a... With a late twenty twenty first, and you, you so you would trade
1: him. a tw- you trade a late twenty twenty first for for Hunt, but not for Mixon.
0: Yeah, oh. Oh. I do, because yeah. I also think okay, I think that Hunt ends up in a situation where like it's just not
1: situation or. Oh Jesus, David! <laughs> I'm messing with I'm you. I'm
0: um, <laughs>
1: he won't be on the Bengals. Yeah, that's true. That's and and there's not. Really be much down Mixon. from there. So. Is, there <laughs> that, is there that much difference between Kareem Hunt off the field than Joe Mixon anyway? But yeah, so yeah.
0: But my whole point is that like I also think Kareem Hunt's a better player than Joe Mixon. I'll just flat out say that. You know, I I, I think I think he's
1: a heck of a lot more versatile. Do you not remember what he did when he was on the Chiefs? Do you not remember what, like, Damian Williams done with the Chiefs? What a wash-up, Lashawn McCoy's done with the Chiefs? Whoa whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you
0: dare compare Kareem Hunt's productivity with the Chiefs to those other people. Yes, they were productive, that, but they were not Kareem pretty, Hunt productive.
1: Okay, and the, and I'm just saying Joe Mixon, no, and Kareem Hunt wasn't as productive as Joe Mixon was last year on the terrible Cincinnati Bengals, so.
0: That's fine. I, I just don't want anything to do with it. Listen, I actually don't think Joe Mixon's a bad player. I think the Cincinnati Bengals suck. That's why I don't like Joe Mixon. Yeah. It has to do with he's in a horrendous situation. He's in fantasy like pur- purgatory until he's off that team. Yeah, that's right. that's my problem. But um, yeah, I I personally think Hunt's absolutely flexible. Go ahead, Dave
1: Hunt. So Hunt, my thing is, I I'm pro- I'm not I'm not trying to acquire Cream Hunt because I'm not paying because I don't think the owners who have him have withstood the suspension and him thinking that he'd never be in the league again. To, um, you know, to to so they're they're holding on. They're not trading him away for anything less than a first. So I'm not going to be able to get Hunt. I think he I'd trade away a 2022nd, but I, I'm not getting him for that. So that being said, what I like about Cream Hunt the most, Todd, is and I, he is a very good pass catching back. But what I like about Cream Hunt the most is is that he might be able to provide a buy a buy window for Nick Chubb because I've seen a tricky stat with Cream Hunt here. People have said Cream Hunt has scored more points. The last two weeks since coming back, than Nick Chubb has, and that's just a PPR like a little play with you know playing around here because Nick Chubb has had his snap share has not changed since Kareem Hunt's come back. They've been on the field the same time together. That's how it's kind of actually kind of cool that Cleveland's been doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: pre- Cleveland two weeks ago, Nick Chubb had four targets, and last week only had one target. But I don't think Nick Ch- the hopefully that Kareem Hunt can allow. I heard this on the. Uh, i forget what podcast i heard this on but nick chubb can be might you know cream hunt might be able to um disguise nick chubb's true you know multi-down because he's right now um nick chubb has 37 targets so far and so on pace for what is that like almost 60 targets for the season yep um if we had said that before the season started todd that's like best case scenario for nick chubb right and 200 he's already over a thousand rushing yards Six TDs. This is, like, really good news for Nick Chubb. I think he's going to be a great running back, I, especially if, you know, Nick Cleveland invests anything in that offensive line to get any better. Um, yeah, so I, I just – that's all I have to say about Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb. I think Nick – hopefully this gives some people a chance to, you know, to go buy Nick Chubb. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's all I have to say about the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb is still a beast. I don't, I'm not worried about Cream Hunt taking that job away from him.
0: All right. So, moving on. To the and Steelers. Let's quick,
1: quickly, I, I mean, I actually really don't have much to say about it. I don't think we have to die to like dissect the Steelers, Todd. My one question is: is I want to ask you, do you think Joe or do you think um, James Conner is injury prone? Yes. <laughs> Our favorite conversation. No. Yes. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I I would say that the the one thing I can take out of that back backfield is is that James Conner is not. Um, gonna be necessarily that guy for them, you know? like w- he looked like he solidified that role and that looks like that's gonna be open. I think Snell could absolutely be replaceable as like an every down back for him, you know, and I think that he's a guy that you're literally that's just completely just a gut like projection. like if he got the opportunity, I think he can make the most of it, you know. But that's a guy that'd be really cheap to get right now too. Was Snell
1: hurt last week? Was he hurt still last week? Or do you you remember? Yeah, he he was. Was he out?
0: I'm not, this has nothing to do with playoffs. This has nothing to do with redraft. If you're looking at like that team for playoffs, you're, you're looking in the wrong place, you know? But I think Snell is a good guy to see if you can, I'd probably move a third for Snell right now, you know? And, uh, if it was a like a later third maybe maybe not an earlier third and um kind of just stash him and see what happens in that situation um Connor if I'm an owner I'm looking to sell in the off season. Wait, but the is guy, he
1: worth a 2021st, Todd huh? a late 20 tw- is he worth a late 2021st? You should be getting a late 2021st for James Connor, right? Because Ben big Ben Rosberg comes back or maybe I, he does I, I would he say, be- I would say
0: that's an appropriate price. I personally wouldn't pay that. But I I also wouldn't say that's a, that's a bad offer. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You wouldn't I, say why did someone make that? Yeah, money? that's like a fair value trade. Yeah, and also like when I talk about like late twenty twenty first, I also look at guys that like when you look at running backs, like guys that you're talking about have been like injury like David Johnson, like 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 Chase Edmonds, um, uh James Conner, Cream Hunt. All these guys are like the guys that I'm looking for that I'd rather use my picks on. Are guys that actually haven't been given those touches lately, so I feel like there's a little less wear and tear there. Yeah. And then like guys like Johnson and Connor, I'm down on because it's just kind of like they're not really proven to me that they're going to be able to sustain. So, um, yeah, and I think the guy to own in that backfield is definitely Samuels, though. You know, because yeah. yeah. like whether he's the guy who takes over for Connor, he's still going to have a role just catching the ball out of the backfield. You know? Do you
1: know? Do you know their playoff schedule off the top of your head for playoffs? I do not. Yeah, neither do I. I. Um, point being, so I have. I actually I'm have looking both. it up right now. I both have. I have James Conner and Jalen Samuels in a couple of places. Like both of them, so I'm not really too worried about it. I was really disappointed to see James Conner go down so early last week. Yeah. Um, I probably might just start. I, I don't think James Conner's going to play this week. But if he was, I'd probably just start Jalen Samuels over him at this point. Oh yeah. I mean, the other – Just because yes, of the injury, I can't take another zero like that.
0: Uh, week 14 Cardinals, week 15 Bills, week 16 Jets.
1: So that's not a great schedule, I would say. Car- that's just – It's the middle of the road.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It's the middle of the road. But, so, um, but yeah. All right. Want to, okay. want to uh, fly through uh, waivers first?
1: Let's do – yeah. Uh. Yeah, sure. Let's do some waivers. I mean, we've already talked about a lot of our guys we do on waivers, Todd. I think we talked about Bo Scarborough and Jonathan Williams, right? All right. We both said Bo Scarborough is a priority ad for us, correct?
0: Yes. Okay. I'm I'm going to just run through my list of seven. Okay. All right. At number seven, Nick Foles. Okay. Um, Obviously, if you're in a super flex week, Nick Foles is owned. But if you're in a bad QB situation, you're still looking to make playoffs, uh, maybe your trade deadline hasn't passed and you can move your QB. I don't see why anybody would do that. But Nick Foles' schedule is cupcake at the end of the year. Like, he's got a phenomenal playoff schedule. So, um, I like Foles. Ryan Griffin has been a solid player all year. And now he looks like he's solidified that tight end starting position. Uh, Darnold clearly likes him. Definitely a guy worth uh, picking up at this point. And if you did not invest in a tight end early in your fantasy draft... And you're still been streaming right now, now you're benefiting because there's guys that are out there like Kyle Rudolph.
1: I picked him up Todd and played him last week.
0: Kyle Rudolph has come alive and Ryan Griffin and then another guy who I'll get to later. So number five, my number five ranked pickup would be Randall Cobb. Um, he's on a team that's playing very well. Um, he's got a plenty he's got a nice path to, to targets there and he's had a great he's come off a great game. Number four, Sterling Shepard. He's only owned 40% of leagues. A lot of people dropped him, and he's full participant this week. And number three, Jacob well, And You're running,
1: you're running that, uh, just basically, he's surviving off of uh, Russell Wilson's coattails at this point, right?
0: Pretty much, and I'm fine with that as, as my tight yeah. end. Yeah, like, that's fine. Yep, that's, that's enough for me. And, um, yeah, Bo is my number two priority this week. As a guy who could be that and my number one Gronk. Gronk is not coming back. Gronk is coming back. Oh no, my gosh. Gronk. No. Get ready for it, people. <laughs> he's 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 gonna drop some moves. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm not putting Gronk one. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Um bo Bo's my number one. So yeah, Gronk I was so t- I yeah, my players were talking about this on the bus and I was like I tried to explain to him how like Gronk's like made to be a troll. So, yeah. yeah. He, so, anyways, well,
1: the, Anytime he gets a, talked about him, it helps his off se- his off season or his off the field uh, business stuff. So that he wants to stay semi relevant, but he's not coming back at least that, this season.
0: And for the just for the record, the guy just flat out <laughs> enjoys it; it makes him laugh. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? And I honestly, he, I'm not. He's a I giant goofball, and I love him.
1: I, I wouldn't pressure him to come back. I think he's earned every. He's earned staying off. He's he's put his. Yeah. I'm happy for Gronk. I'm I'm hoping hey, I'm hoping I, he's loving it.
0: What if he comes back? Great. If he doesn't, that, that's fine. All right.
1: Yeah. Anybody else you want to add on there? Nope. I just have, I just have um, streamers to talk about. Todd. That's about it. Go for it, Dave. I think my number one streamer. You mentioned him as a waiver wire is Nick Foles because um, he had a, you know, he had a okay first game back, and then also, too, like you said, say he goes, he's at at Tennessee, which isn't the best matchup. It's like the 20th ranked against the uh, mm-hmm. QBs, but. Um, that being said, if he goes off this week and then he has a great schedule going forward, I like the idea of having Nick Foles, and that's been a lot more pass-happy offense than it has in years past, so I like the idea of having Nick Foles. And then I, I'm I'm probably going uh, Tannehill and Driscoll as other QB streamers, too, this weekend. If I'm really desperate, I'll go Haskins. I, I, there's a, I, I like the streamers this week,
0: too. Yeah, I like Haskins a lot, too. So um, I liked a lot, so I boiled it down to two. Um, my number one, Sam Darnold. Against the Raiders, yep. uh, Sam Darnold's had two tw- uh, two very good back-to-back weeks, um, and I'm not going to say that Oakland's horrendous, but like it, that's a favorable matchup. And then um, good old Jacoby Brissett's my uh, my number two choice, you know, uh, versus the versus uh, Houston, which clearly showed that they'll give up points. I mean, I'm not going to say Jacoby Brissett's Mark Jackson, but um, yeah, I, I like that matchup a little bit. So those are my two QB streams. Um, so for running backs, Bo obviously, and then if for some reason guys is out there and you don't and nobody has him, like yeah, find room for him. Yeah, like find room for Geist. He
1: should. You know what? You need to add him to your team if he's on the waiver wire and then at the in the office you need to leave that that league because that league isn't competitive they have guys on the uh, waiver wire so. right
0: yeah i actually picked up guys <laughs> off the waiver wire like two weeks ago but it's like one of those leagues where you can like it has an ir spot so okay so i just kept in my ice bar and just waited a few weeks and didn't have to commit much time into that and now here we're here i am and he's my number five running back and i'm pretty excited about it so um just for a deep dive because if you're in one of those deeper leagues, I, I like J.D. McKissick this week, too.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I actually, what you said earlier you don't know if Detroit will use him the right way. I actually think Detroit's been, I think, is it Daryl Bevel is the the offensive coordinator? They've been mm-hmm. pretty, I like what they've been doing on offense overall. Um, you know, I I think, uh, I like the idea, I think McKissick has earned his way over T.Y. Johnson, Ty Johnson.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. What I um, meant by that, too, is it's like because of with uh, Scarborough, too, and like, I, I I can't really predict what their offense is going to look like. Yeah. I'm also not going to pretend <laughs> I watch a lot of the Lions. You know what I mean? That's true.
1: Yeah, that, that's a team that we don't get a lot of. Yeah, um, so they anyways. Don't get, they don't get there. And, and who knows? They might have gotten the heads in a lot. If, um, because I think now Stafford's week to week, they're saying, which is kind of depressing. Right. But, um, it, tight end streamers, Todd?
0: Uh, Noah Font. And you could just keep him on your team. His target share is ridiculous right now. Yeah, he's got, what, 11 um, targets last week? Dallas Goddard um has been that catch in that little like run he made off of like um off a chip screen was very impressive versus the Pats. Um he's definitely some and then obviously my deep one is gonna be Ryan Griffin again. I, I'm a big believer in Ryan Griffin. Like I would say that if I had I I, I kind of feel like you're in a situation right now where if you're in playoffs and you're and you're not having like you don't have a Kelsey. You don't have an Ertz. You go get a Font and you go get a Goddard. But then you have like, you know, you're Ryan Griffin there too. So you're going to play the matchup, you know, just play the matchup, man. Like Hollister too. Like those are the guys like get two of them and just kind of like play off of them. And then you can feel free to drop one. Like if you find a favorable matchup in the skill position, I think rostering two tight ends at this point is not a terrible idea.
1: I mean, if especially if you're weak there, yeah, I understand 100% at this point. Yeah,
0: because um, that, that's the whole point. is I'm saying, if you're not having a reliable starter, then ro- rostering two and playing matchups is actually a really good way of going about
1: it. I I personally probably wouldn't be able to, I I wouldn't do that because if I had rostered 2 and then the other one went off that week I would just freaking lose my shit so or my poop sorry Oop, I forgot this is a family friendly content or podcast but um
0: it's all right if it's family friendly they made it to minute 57 they earned that one yeah. <laughs> yeah. so anyways I'd uh, say
1: I throw John yeah. Smith in there Todd if um if Delaney Walker's still out I know they had the bye last week so who knows but uh, right. John U. Smith is available in a lot of leagues so that's it that's all i got for you todd no why dots no i don't have it no i don't think at this point you know debo samuel should be owned um i don't have any other like who, who else can we who, who, all right well, do you have any white dots, Todd? uh i like pascal uh, yeah, i like yeah. zach I think pascal he this week be, i think he should be owned at this point
0: he's not actually his ownership is pretty low across yahoos uh, i'm gonna look it up real fast it was it was low it was da, 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 da. he's owned in 36% of leagues
1: okay that's a, that's a little surprising for me but I also at this point I'm the way if I'm contending I'm not picking up wide receivers because I have built my teams through wide receivers I'm picking yep. up running backs as handcuffs so that's why I, I don't even look at that's when you said no wide receivers because like, there's not a lot of great I like Pascal but um, I'm yep. just looking for running backs at this point cuffs and stuff Did you, you did you cut out on us, Todd?
0: Yeah, so the other one for me too was is, is uh Russell Gage, man.
1: Oh I, right. I just yep. like
0: Yeah, and Russell Gage is more of a deeper one. I mean with with uh Hooper out, you're looking at like that third spot in um in a good offense, just available for targets. So I like Russell Gage. I'll kick the tires on him for another week. Um, and they got a good matchup. Yep. So i mean at, at some point like you just gotta ask like you know we're just looking you when you're looking at the stream it means that like you know you're you're desperate <laughs> you know so um yeah so anyways dave tell the people where we're at
1: all right you can find us at a tail of two rivals on twitter we love interacting with you guys so feel free to hit us up hit us up with the emails um at a tail Two rivals um on gmail um you can find me at FF underscore Spaceman on Twitter. You can find Todd at FF F- underscore Banterman, right?
0: Indeed, indeed.
1: So, all right, good episode this week, Todd.
0: Yeah, it's good to get on the mic, David. And I'll catch you later. Peace. You need to give up on Joe Mixon, bro.
1: Never, never.
0: Give up on him. Then goes the garbage.